Hello, and welcome to the Doctors Washington Podcast. On this episode of The Focus, we will be discussing heart health. It's February, the month recognized as Heart Month by the American Heart Association. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, heart disease was the number one cause of death in the United States, claiming approximately 655,000 American lives each year. One person dies every 36 seconds from cardiovascular disease. It is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most ethnic and racial groups in the United States. We want to take time in this episode to talk about prevention, managing risk factors, and treatment. The first line of defense against heart disease is preventing it. Dr. Kimberly, talk to us a bit about prevention of heart disease. As you've probably heard before, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and that's no different for heart disease. The major categories by which we can focus on preventing heart disease is mainly in the way we live. Since our hearts will grow and age as we do, the best thing we can do is to try to prevent heart disease by not giving our bodies things that could potentially cause harm to our heart or our blood vessels. One great way to start that is by initiating a healthy diet. This includes things that you would expect, fruits, vegetables, lean meats, and fish, The most important thing is to avoid processed foods, which have different preservatives in them so that they can sit on a shelf for months and months until you buy them, as well as limiting fried foods, which have a lot of salt usually and a lot of fat in them. The biggest thing about heart disease is that increasing our fat intake can increase fat deposition around the heart and increase atherosclerotic disease within the blood vessels of the heart. And that's what we want to prevent. Another way to avoid heart disease or decrease the likelihood of it is to increase your activity. That includes exercise. Everyone hears about needing to exercise every day, and some people don't really understand exactly what that means. Lots of people have sedentary jobs where you sit at a desk all day, or stand um, at your work all day. And so what you'd want to do is just get at least 30 minutes of physical activity in three to five times a day. This can be something as simple as walking. You don't have to run or lift weights or do Peloton. You can just walk for 30 minutes a day if you normally don't walk that much. And that can at least get you started. If you have the opportunity to walk to work instead of driving, that's also a great way to increase your physical activity during the week. This will not only help to prevent heart disease, but it also prevents other conditions as well, such as diabetes and many types of cancers that are associated with obesity. So exercise is a major way to decrease your risk of heart disease. Another is avoiding excessive alcohol use. We all enjoy a glass of wine here and there or a mixed drink every once in a while, but that should be your upper limit of normal. 
there is a recommendation for your heart health to have one glass of five ounce of red wine per day. And they found that that's been associated with helping to improve your heart health. Anything beyond that is probably more on the excessive side. Excessive alcohol use does not just affect your heart, but it affects other organs as well, including your kidneys and your liver. And so avoiding excessive alcohol use can help you all around rather than just helping your heart. So in general, just keeping up with a good diet and exercise can really help with your blood pressure. It can help with your um, muscles. It can help reduce arthritis. It even helps your mental health by decreasing depression. Any of these things can be taken into consideration when you're trying to improve your heart health. What are some ways that you all focus on healthy diet and exercise before and during the pandemic, Dr. LaTanya and Dr. Jasmine? Hey, it's Dr. LaTanya. One of the things that I have picked up more so during the pandemic is exercise. Prior to the pandemic, I would go to the gym to exercise. It wasn't my favorite thing to do, but I would go because I knew that it was important for heart health. And so I would average going to the gym about three days a week. Since the pandemic started, I actually am one who purchased a Peloton. I know Kim said you don't have to Peloton, but it has really made a lot of difference for me and my cardiovascular health and my overall fitness and mood because I have my Peloton bike in my home and I'm able to utilize it every day. And at this point, I am using it at least six or seven days per week. So that's one of the things that's really helped me. What about you, Dr. Jasmine? So for me, um, I think definitely more than before the pandemic, I feel like I've probably cooked a little bit more. As we all know, eating a healthy diet is very important and decreasing the risk uh, for many diseases like heart disease. Though eating fast food is convenient because of the business of life, I can attest to that. The health benefit in preparing your food at home and eating fresh fruits and vegetables just can't be overlooked. Uh, It's mainly because you know what you're putting in your own food. Unfortunately, things are not as transparent as at fast food restaurants or fine dining restaurants. The food may taste good, but you don't know the steps uh, that are taken to get your food to where it is once you receive it. A lot of times there are preservatives and additives used to make the food last longer, as Dr. Kimberly mentioned. For example, sandwich meats or other meats like bacon, sausage, uh, those things have preservatives in them that are known to increase the risk for heart disease and other risk factors for heart disease like obesity. Similarly, um, prepackaged foods like TV dinners, chicken nuggets, pre-prepared soups, and other uh, similar products are made with preservatives to make sure the shelf life or the length of time they can be kept in a store and sold before they go bad is as long as possible. These items are also bad for your health when eating in excess. Uh, So working to replace some of those foods with fresh meats, vegetables, or fruits can go a long way in decreasing your risk for heart disease and uh, risk factors for heart disease itself. I did want to mention this one note that in addition to going to your local grocery store to get fresh items, farmer's markets are also good resources because not only are you getting fresh products that are sometimes cheaper than at your local stores, but you're also supporting local businesses and farms. Let's talk about managing risk factors. 
Several risk factors put you at risk for heart disease, and these should be managed to prevent issues later on. I'll start with high blood pressure or hypertension, which we know is the silent killer. Uh, Hypertension or high blood pressure is a disease characterized by blood pressures greater than 120 for systolic or the top number and greater than 80 for the diastolic or the bottom number. You're officially classified as having hypertension once your blood pressure rises to greater than 130 for the top number or the systolic number and greater than 80 for the diastolic or bottom number by the American College of Cardiology and American Heart Association guidelines. The ways to prevent high blood pressure or hypertension are similar to what we have discussed before, including exercise, weight loss, smoking cessation, eating a healthier diet. Uh, that's higher in fresh meats, fruits, vegetables, and lower in fast foods or processed foods, as well as avoiding excess alcohol intake. Once you're diagnosed with high blood pressure, the treatment can differ depending on where your blood pressure is. If you're or just above the normal range, your doctor may advise you to make some of the lifestyle changes uh, we just discussed to, uh, to decrease your blood pressure. However, if your blood pressure is more severely elevated, you may be started on medications to take every day to keep your blood pressure under reasonable control, in addition to the lifestyle changes. Though no one likes taking medications every day, these can prove to be life-changing and prevent harmful outcomes of untreated high blood pressure. If, If high blood pressure is left untreated, many downstream effects can occur, like developing heart disease, heart failure, kidney disease, kidney failure, strokes, and many other life-changing diseases that could be prevented with adequate blood pressure treatment earlier. Another uh, risk factor for heart disease is high cholesterol. High cholesterol increases the risk of heart disease and stroke, uh, which are the two leading causes of death in the United States. Having high cholesterol means you have high levels of fat in your bloodstream. This is measured by a blood test called a lipid panel. If your total cholesterol is greater than 200 or your low-density lipoprotein, or LDL for short, also known as bad cholesterol, levels are greater than 100, this diagnosis high cholesterol. For treatment, this too can be initially managed with improved diet, exercise, and weight loss. Specifically, eating more vegetable-heavy, low-fat diets um, will be helpful to decrease these levels. Typically, your doctor may have a discussion with you about making changes to your lifestyle first, including diet and weight loss, to see if these can adequately manage your cholesterol levels. If these strategies do not work, they will often start a medication to lower your cholesterol. The most common and well-known of these medication classes includes the drug class statins that are very effective in controlling your cholesterol levels. Yet another risk factor for heart disease is smoking. Smoking harms nearly every organ in the body. Uh, It's the leading cause of preventable disease, disability, and death. Smokers die approximately 10 years earlier than non-smokers. Many states have programs available to assist with smoking cessation, and there are also medications that can help with this too. You would need to have a discussion with your doctor to see which method would work best for you. If a person is able to successfully stop smoking, much of the damage done to your body by smoking can improve by three to five years after quitting. 
Some things like advanced changes to the lungs, depending on how long you've smoked, may not be foot reversible. But uh, you do see benefits in high blood pressure control and heart disease after quitting. The last uh, risk factor for uh, heart disease is diabetes. Diabetes is a disease characterized by high levels of glucose in the blood. In diabetes, your body is not as responsive to insulin or the molecule that helps to control your body's blood sugar. This leads to higher levels of sugar or glucose in the blood. Symptoms of diabetes include increased thirst, increased urination, or blurry vision if sugars are severely elevated. Risk factors of diabetes include family history of diabetes, meaning if others in your family have diabetes, you are at a higher risk of developing it. Another risk factor is obesity. Other risk factors include obesity and ethnicity, with minority groups being disproportionately affected by this disease. Diabetes carries with it even worse outcomes in combination with other diseases like high blood pressure and causes increased risk of heart attack, stroke, kidney disease, and poor health outcomes. For this disease, prevention is key. As I've kind of harped on in other disease states, diet and exercise are just as crucial here. Decreasing the consumption of sugary beverages, juices, sodas, and snacks will not only decrease the risk of diabetes, but also decreases the risk of obesity, which is frequently seen with diabetes. So finally, we get to talking about the treatment of heart disease. There are many forms of heart disease, and this list that we'll talk about next is not all-encompassing, but these are the most important forms. So when we talk about heart disease, we're often referring to the diseases that uh, we consider coronary artery disease or heart failure or any type of heart arrhythmia or abnormal heart rhythm. Coronary artery disease is a disease that affects the blood flow to the heart. It would mean that there are blockages within the blood vessels going into the heart that would impede the blood flow. And so when you have a complete occlusion of one of those blood vessels going into the heart, then that's what causes a heart attack. Most people know the symptoms of a heart attack. Um, Most likely people will have chest pain, but we also have to include other symptoms such as indigestion or heartburn that doesn't go away, nausea or vomiting, shortness of breath or dizziness. One of the things that's really important to note is traditionally women have atypical symptoms, so they may not have that crushing chest pain that feels like an elephant is sitting on the chest. They may only have the milder symptoms, the indigestion, the nausea, the shortness of breath. And so it's really important that people are aware of the symptoms and then they get treatment right away. So if you're having chest pain, it's important that you go to the hospital right away If they find that you have had a heart attack and it's a specific type of heart attack, then it's very important that they get you into the cardiac cath lab so that they are able to open up that blood vessel and restore the blood flow to the heart so that you don't have permanent damage. We usually have a time period of about 90 minutes before the onset of chest pain to the point where they're getting that blood vessel back open. So you see the emergency of that situation. A lot of people know about aspirin. You know, certainly if you're having chest pain and you're on your way to the emergency room, if you could take an aspirin prior to getting there, that would certainly be helpful. 
There are other medications, including nitroglycerin, that would be important as well. And also for most people, when you get to this point, you usually also have other health conditions like the high blood pressure um, that Dr. Jasmine talked about earlier or the diabetes or the high cholesterol. And it's important that those medications are continued and that those conditions are kept under control as well. So then we'll make a transition and talk a bit about arrhythmias. And that's what we consider abnormal heartbeats. So that's when people talk to you and they say they feel like their heart is fluttering or they feel like they have an irregular heartbeat. And these conditions, there are a number of them, and they can have many, many causes. Usually you are evaluated by EKG, and that is just a heart tracing. The medical team will be able to look at that heart tracing and tell if your heart is beating abnormally. And it may also require some additional monitoring or testing. Some patients that have heart arrhythmias have to wear what we call a Holter monitor or an event monitor. And that's um, a device that you will wear for a number of days that they will be able to see if your heart goes into an abnormal rhythm when you're outside of the hospital setting. There are medications that can be used to treat various heart arrhythmias, and you would need to talk to your doctor to determine what was most appropriate for you. We will also transition and talk about heart failure. It's often called congestive heart failure or CHF. I know a lot of people have heard about this. Basically, what that means is that your heart muscle is weakened and the heart is not pumping effectively. Some of the hallmark symptoms of heart failure includes shortness of breath, includes fatigue. A lot of people will notice that they aren't able to walk as far as they were able to walk before without feeling completely winded or completely out of breath. Patients with heart failure will often have swelling in their lower extremities and in their abdominal area. Heart failure is usually diagnosed by a heart echocardiogram or ultrasound, and that will evaluate how well the heart is pumping. Based on that, they will come up with a number that's called the ejection fraction, and that will tell like how much of your heart function is preserved. The treatment for heart failure is really aimed at medications to improve the pumping of the heart and to manage the blood pressure. And so we often see that patients that have heart failure can really be quite debilitated. And so we mainly focus on symptoms. The good thing is that they do have pretty good treatments available for heart failure. And some of those medicines even help the heart to remodel itself or rebuild itself and become stronger. So those are just a few of the um, cardiovascular diseases that we will talk about. Again, it's not an all-encompassing list. You will have many patients who have additional heart disease that we can talk about at another time or that you may hear about in the population. That was really comprehensive, Dr. LaTanya and Dr. Jasmine. I just want to wrap us up a bit with this topic. It's so important for the American population. Since heart disease affects so many Americans, And because it's largely preventable, as long as we really focus on taking care of ourselves, whether it be with preventative methods such as eating right and exercising or decreasing our risk factors for heart disease, which go along with those preventative methods. And um, when our 
physicians or our doctors tell us to take these medications that we take them as directed, um, because sometimes that can affect the way that the drug actually works if we're not taking it the way that it's prescribed to be taken. All these things will help if to, uh, to prevent heart disease if possible and to treat it if it's diagnosed. There's a million resources online related to heart disease and management of various heart conditions. If you're diagnosed with any of the conditions we mentioned here or any other conditions that we didn't mention, you can always go online and Google, use the CDC website, use the American Heart Association website in order to get more information about the way that it's treated and more details about what caused your disease. The other great resource for you is to talk to your doctor. And I know sometimes we as physicians seem, seem a bit rushed when you come into our office, but we're always here as a resource for you. So when you come in and you have a list of questions, ask your questions, slow your doctor down, so that you have an understanding of your disease, because sometimes that's the best way for you to be your own advocate once diagnosed with any disease, whether it's heart related or otherwise. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please like, share, repost, and follow us on your preferred social media platform. Tune in for the continuation of our Black History Month bonus episodes, The Roots, where we discuss African-Americans who have made meaningful contributions to the field of medicine. Don't forget to check back for our weekly Wednesday episodes. Until next time. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native. On his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled All Right. It is available on iTunes. I believe that it's gone.